Welcome to the Supernatural Cast, a podcast dedicated to rewatching Supernatural from the CW. All right, welcome back to the Supernatural Cast. This is Jimmy in Georgia. I am your host, as always, and we're back to talk Supernatural. This time, however, I believe we're just going to go ahead and uh, explain what's going on here from the get go. We've been doing a rewatch of season one. It's taken me a year to get about a halfway through the season, and I think that's kind of sad. <laughs> and so I, I really feel like will be more beneficial for the podcast and for me actually getting episodes out to just go ahead and talk about the new season of Supernatural that's just premiered on the CW just a few days ago on October the 3rd as of recording today. I believe it is October the 8th. Five days later, we're just a couple more days away from episode two of season eight of Supernatural. And I don't know, I just feel like this is probably a better idea for the show for right now. But honestly, if uh, we get some backlash and the guys and gals out there who have been listening to us go back through season one, are like, hey, go back to season one. I guess we could do that too, but (laughs) I think it'll be more fun, hopefully, to delve into the new season and theorize and try to come up with what may be coming up next. Now, one thing I have done as far as that goes... Um, I've done this a little here and there, and I need to be better about it, I guess. Uh, not that you could tell it from my websites, but I actually have worked on three newspapers. I worked at uh, my college newspaper, uh, my junior college I went to initially. I worked on the newspaper at the university I went to. I was a stringer for the local paper here for a while when I first came down to college down here um, years ago. And so I do have some journalism background. I was a journalism major for a little while in college, and I did end up changing to a different major. But I definitely have a little a little background in that. And actually, maybe you're interested in this, maybe you're not. I really hate shut up, talk about Supernatural, but we'll get there. Actually, I believe, honestly, thinking back, I think this guy was a co-editor of my newspaper at my junior college I went to um, before he transferred away went to a big city. Aaron Sager, as you may know the name, maybe you don't, his website is paranormalpopculture.com. And he's recently um, started a show, or been given a show. I'm not sure sure how that works. But anyway, he's hosting a show now on the Travel Channel called Paranormal Paparazzi. It's kind of like TMZ meets Ghost Hunters or Destination Truth or something like that. They have uh, kind of the TMZ format of the different reporters sitting around in a newsroom talking about the stories they've gotten. And then they have um, people, you know, going out interviewing celebrities or, you know, people who say, say they saw Bigfoot or whatever. It's kind of interesting. It, it, it's interesting to me that I went to a school with a fellow, worked on the newspaper with him, and he's some big shot now, at least sort of. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's on TV. I don't know. If you're interested in Paranormal Paparazzi, I think it was airing on Friday nights from 7 to 8 with two little half-hour episodes. And I think there was only eight ordered for this first season, so there's probably only like two more weeks of shows currently. Anyway, thought that was interesting. You might be interested if you like Supernatural, maybe you're interested in that kind of thing. So check it out on the Travel Channel. But anyway, we're going to jump into Season 8. And one of the things I did on the website, that was a story about the whole journalism thing, I went ahead and did a recap for that Episode 1. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. And it is pretty much mostly recap. There's a sentence or two of analysis. <laughs> There's not much of it on there at this point. 
but I do hope to get better. I've written a few movie reviews and things here and there. I just have I'm out of practice, quite honestly. So I want to get back into practice of that and the habit of that. And I think that's kind of good. The only thing I think about, I, I guess I'll just read my uh, my article that I've written. Because I take notes and and sometimes I type the notes while I watch. Sometimes I write them down. And uh, so I just kind of took what I had typed up and condensed it down to this little article that recaps the episode. And this is going to be a much quicker recap uh, than normal. And that's one of the things I kind of, I don't know, it's one of those things that can catch 22. I kind of like doing the more detailed recap because I talk about most of the stuff that happens and kind of go in there and expound upon some of that sometimes. And I don't know if you like that, if you don't. I know some people just in the past and other podcasts I've been trying to do here and there have not been big fans of recaps. But, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe this will make it better. Alright, so we're going to jump into our Supernatural recap. And then we're going to do all the things we normally would do in an episode of the Supernatural cast. So, I'm going to hit that music. And we'll discuss, we need to talk about Kevin. Supernatural recap. Alright, well, Supernatural, as we've already mentioned, opened its eighth season with we need to talk about Kevin. And this is how I wrote my little article apart from the first you know, little paragraph. Dean survived his time in purgatory with all the monsters and was finally able to escape with the help of a stowaway vampire, Benny. He returned to the earth in the 100-mile wilderness in Maine and soon made his way to Clayton, Louisiana to help the vampire magically regain his body. And so as you can tell, this kind of kind of started off chronologically and it kind of jumps around a little bit, I guess, as well. Because uh, Anyway... Sam did not search for Dean when he disappeared after killing the leader of the Leviathans. He took the year off from hunting. He spent time with his dog and apparently a lady friend named Amelia in Texas. Like we saw him leaving a lady and a dog in bed there at one point in the episode. And we also find out after um, Sam and Dean reunited that he ignored the pleas of help from the prophet Kevin Tran. The Winchester boys are reunited in a cabin in Whitefish, Montana. They soon go in search of the prophet. They... (laughs) Okay, like it's one of those things. Like you doing a, a brief recap, you miss out on stuff. Like right here, one of the, one of the better scenes of the show was Dean doing every test he could to Sam to make sure he's really Sam, and then he asking Sam to do it back to him, and he, he didn't want to, and so Dean did it to himself, like the holy water and the borax and the something else. But that's the problem with, with doing a brief recap versus a more detailed one. But anyway, we'll keep moving along here. They go in search of the prophet who had to fend for himself over this past year. Sam uses his um, last voicemail that he left to track him to Centerville, Michigan, where it just so happens his high school girlfriend Channing was attending college. We soon find out, though, after Sam and Dean talk with her, she's demon-possessed. And going back, call back, which works out really well from what we're doing, call back to episode 11 of season 1, that we just talked about here on the, on the podcast, the demon slits Channing's roommate's neck and makes a call, we can only assume, to Crowley to let him know that Dean's back. Sam used his detective skills and his computer hacking skills, and as Napoleon Dynamite was like, girls like girls with skills, he tracks down a prophet to the coffee shop in Fairfield, Iowa. They are quickly led by someone and the coffee shop to an abandoned church where they say they saw Tran go in. We found out that during this year, at least at one point, Tran actually double-crosses Crowley, um, who had kidnapped him, taking him hostage to read another tablet of the Word of God. On this tablet, however, information about demons, um, Tran learned a spell to kill demons, which we saw in action, where he killed the ones watching him. And there was also a way to close the gates of hell forever and send all the demons back there. Now, all the while, Crowley believed that Tran was going to open up the gates of hell. 
obviously he did not do that. Uh, not too long after they're reunited, they learn what's been going on. Three of the Crowley's demon minions show up and pretty much killed by Ruby's knife. Um, Crowley and the demon-possessed ex-girlfriend Channing arrive. Tran runs away, provides a distraction with like a huge tub of holy water that burns them. Um, and he makes his way out. They don't show this, but he makes his way out of the church along with the Winchesters and start to drive away. And we see Crowley and Channing on the uh, like the front porch area of the church. He tells the demon to leave the girl's body. And as they drive by and as Tran is watching, Crowley breaks the girl's neck. And um, next thing we see, it does appear that Tran is in some sort of state of shock. Dean gets a call. He says it's like a telemarketer. Um, but we find out very fast that it's actually that stowaway vampire, Benny. Apparently, both of them really miss the purity of Purgatory. And definitely something's going on there. And that's pretty much my brief a little recap there from the website that you can check out at SupernaturalCast.com. And I don't know, I guess we're going to go from there and move into our next little segment of the podcast, which is going to be our Supernatural 5, where we break down the five pivotal moments of this week's episode of Supernatural. Supernatural 5, we'll count down the top five pivotal moments of this week's episode. Last, um, I think it was last week's episode, it hasn't been very long ago anyway, uh, last episode about Scarecrow is actually the longest podcast episode I've posted about anything up to this point. It was like an hour and four minutes long. And well, one of the reasons are that one was kind of long, you know, we had a pretty long recap, and then we had a pretty extensive feedback section. Well, that was like a four and a half minute recap. I've never had a four and a half minute recap on my Fallen Skies show, my The Event show, and definitely haven't had one of those here on Supernatural. So, wow, that was quick. <laughs> All right, well, this is one of those things. There's lots of important things to break, break down and get into. So how do you determine what's number one? Didn't know what would happen to Sam. We definitely didn't know. I mean, I, I didn't have any idea. There's going to be a big time jump here, which has happened before. One thing I do try to do too, and trying to figure out what I think are you know really important points, I try not to just like go through chronologically because sometimes that would be the easy way to do it. But like, well, this was important. This was important. This was important. This was important. And so, I think number five is is an important one. Um, we find this out, you know, probably midway through the show. Sam, for once, did not look for Dean. Did not hunt. Did not try to save him. Did not try to make a deal to bring him back from wherever he was. I don't know if he even knew for sure that he was in purgatory. But Sam was living a normal life. Uh, we've seen normal life attempted a few times. Sam has done it more successfully, I guess, than anyone else on the show that's been a hunter as far as going off to college. And that worked out pretty well for him for a little while. The last time Dean was away that he was definitely not living a normal life. He was still hunting and stuff. Um, so that was actually a good thing. I, I mean, it seems kind of sad, I guess, in the Supernatural show world. That, you know, just how they've always done. They've always, you know, looked for each other. They've always made deals. They've always found a way to bring each other back. Um, but sometimes dead should be dead, I guess. I mean, like we finally saw in Season 7, there near the end, they finally burned the flask and let Bobby go. Because um, he was turned into a vengeful spirit. Um, as apparently they all do eventually in, in that one episode we learned about there at the Haunted House. I don't remember the name of that one. Right off the top of my head. But that was a good episode of the season seven. But anyway, yeah, they, they can't seem to let go. And for once, I guess Sam let go and just went on with his life. Um, which, Dean seemed a little upset with him about it. But they seemed to get past that, I guess, to some degree, pretty quickly. 
you know, Sam just wanted to get back to work, and they did, pretty much. All right, well, that's number five on my list. Number four, I, I mean, I've already kind of mentioned it, and I, again, these are all kind of related. Sam and Dean are reunited after a year apart. We definitely need to talk about some of the things of how they're reunited, and that's really going to be another, another point down on my list. Uh, but they do meet up in one of Bobby's cabins, and within a few hours, it seems, they're on the trail of Mr. Tran, prophet from season seven, who has the ability to read and interpret the word of God that is, I guess, spread throughout the earth on these little tablets. Apparently, at least, um, there's a couple of them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they've already been, I've already discussed briefly how they're reunited, they're working again. Uh, and this has happened on multiple occasions now where uh, Sam's gone to hell and come back, Dean's gone to hell and come back. Um, and it's just kind of a pattern here in the show. And the thing that's one thing I saw in season seven, and, and I see a little here in, in this new season, there's definitely those callbacks. There's definitely some of those things that are reminiscent of the early seasons of the show, which I like. I mean, the fact that we can see just a, you know a few seconds of something that happened the same way, more or less, back in season one, episode eleven, here in this episode with the demons. Uh, I guess it's one of those things. Like, if their goal for the season is to do what they say they're going to do, I guess it would be good to move on from that if they keep going with the show. I mean, if they can close the gates of hell forever and send all the demons back, that would be an interesting way. I think, personally, would be a good way to just end the show. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's no official signs of that just yet. So, I know CW was pretty big on announcing to the world it was the end of Smallville. Um, Not that they have to do that with Supernatural. I mean, Supernatural could just get canceled. I mean, not be like, oh, the final season. You never know. I think it's been one of their pillar shows that's kind of helped them. And the fact that it did get moved from Friday to Wednesday is not a bad thing. I mean, most people would say Friday is like the death death slot or whatever you want to call it for TV shows. Or number four there was Sam and Dean are together again. I've kind of rambled on some other stuff. But number three, I haven't touched on this yet, this episode, the flashbacks. I think that's important. That's going to be my number three point. I think that's very important, actually. We get a glimpse just a glimpse of what happened with Sam while Dean was away for a year. And the same is true for Dean. We get a glimpse of what he was up to in purgatory. Uh, I definitely feel like there's a lot more story going on over in purgatory, maybe than what's going on in the real world, but you never know. Uh, Sam has definitely had his share of secrets over the years. And so some very interesting things could be going on here in the real world with the, the veterinarian maybe, or some other woman named Amelia, um, and the dog. So, uh, I'm definitely curious to see what's going to happen in those flashbacks, how long they're going to draw that out. I wonder if it's going to be, you know, five episodes, 10 episodes, half the season, uh, even throughout the whole season, maybe a little bits and pieces of that. Maybe not even every week. Who knows? There's, there's all sorts of ways you can do fun things with flashbacks on television shows. Um, and like you're probably well aware, if you listen to the show, I'm a huge Lost fan. The flashbacks on Lost were some of my favorite parts of that show. There was very effective use of flashbacks in Lost, which really got me digging that show, which really captured my attention there. So yeah, flashbacks of what happened could be huge. And one of those in particular is going to be my number two point here. Um, I'll go ahead and skip down to that. Number two on my list is Dean and Benny Escape. And honestly, I kind of missed Benny's name. I thought he said Betty one time, and I looked it up, I guess, IMDb or somewhere, and found that it was Benny. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But obviously, 
from what we saw, their little conversations, um, we saw how their alliance began, where Benny saved Dean's life for whatever reason. Oh, we know the reason, actually, that the humans have a way out of purgatory that God has provided, and that Benny wanted to help him but stow away and get out of purgatory, which he does, and then magically gets his body back, which, again, strange. Don't know how that works. I would assume that's one of the many questions that will be answered at some point this season. You know, how did Benny the Vampire get his body back? How did Dean turn into, like, Prince of Persia from one of the old Prince of Persia games and then leak a vampire out of his arm after saying some magic words? I mean, you know, that's a, that's a good question. How did they help each other survive? I mean, they mission, you know, Cass, did it make it? So obviously part of the story is going to be, well, here's where we found Cass. This is what happened while we were with Cass. And this is what happened to Cass for him not to come with us or whatever. So there's all sorts of things there that I'm sure they're going to reveal to us at some point, maybe quickly, maybe not. But definitely, it's kind of strange that both Benny and Dean both seem to kind of miss Purgatory a little bit. Kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, I guess all you did there all the time was like hunt, hide, and kill. So yeah, maybe they just like that adrenaline rush or whatever all the time. So that'll be an interesting little little thing. Definitely the exact opposite of what Sam was doing of... I mean, apparently, we don't know for sure, you know, shacking up with some lady and, and having the family dog and stuff. That's totally different, um, like 180 degrees from fighting and running and killing monsters for an entire year. I don't know. There's just so many things on the show. Like, there there could be in a whole season, literally, that could be a season of Sam. There could be a whole show spun off of some of the things they do. Like, I really enjoyed last season time after time where Dean shows up in 1944 and was working with Elliot Ness and was talking about the Untouchables and stuff. I mean, a supernatural type show set in the forties would be awesome. I think there actually legitimately were plans at least briefly at some point to do a uh, Samuel Colt show or movie or something. Maybe may, way back when I, I may be wrong about that. I feel like I've read that someplace, uh, you know, a Western version of supernatural would be awesome. And granted they did a, a couple of what, two episodes like that or something. They could literally do a whole season's worth. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they're pulling a lost thing here where the whole season they'll flash back and forth between the real world and purgatory and stuff like that. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. Um, there's definitely probably lots of secrets to be revealed there in that year that we've missed out on. I don't know. I still feel like at some point God has to show up on this show. Like we, we mentioned how uh, God had provided this way out of purgatory for humans because it wasn't meant for them. And um, we've heard, I think, in, near the end of last season, that pretty much all the angels are gone. <laughs> pretty soon, it sounds like all the demons are going to be locked up. I don't know. I feel like God would show up at some point. I don't know. Maybe they're scared to do that. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, number one. I just mentioned it. Through the help of the prophet, Mr. Kevin Tran, they're planning to figure out what they have to do and I would assume it would take them the whole year. <laughs> so, you know, wrap up in May of finding a way to close the gates of hell forever and send all the demons back to hell, which would be great. And again, I already mentioned this earlier that that could be a fitting into the show, perhaps. Maybe not. I mean, there's all sorts of evil out there. It's not just demons. You know, they fight creatures, they fight ghosts, they fight all sorts of stuff. So who knows? But I mean, honestly, the only happy ending on this show, from, I was just thinking about this earlier, the only real happy ending on the show is not defeating evil again. They've done that. You know, they've done that several years now in a row. 
they've staved off the apocalypse, what, three times now in a row? I mean, they've done other good things before that, but legitimately they have. Like, for three seasons in a row, they've saved the world. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. At some point, I feel like they would have to just die and go to heaven and be reunited with John and Mary and Bobby and everybody else who's gone on before them, all their little hunter buddies, you know, and be in a bright white light and walk off into the sunset. I mean, I kind of feel like that would be the only happy ending here. You know, do one more big heroic save the world once and for all, rid the world, rid the world of evil pretty much and die doing it and go to heaven. I don't know if that's how it'll end. I don't know. I've just randomly went off track here and <laughs> and thought about what may come. But yeah, I, I do think closing the gates of hell, getting rid of the demons could be a fitting ending. I mean, I don't know. It's not necessarily the, the end-all be-all of endings, but I, I think that's a good one. I think that's easier to to wrap your, your head around. Okay, this is our task. We have to do these things. We have to do these you know, collect these items. We have to go to these places, and this is our end goal. Um, and you know, Crowley and his cronies are going to try to stop him along the way, and they're going to fight other stuff here and there as need be. I guess that'll be all for the Supernatural Five for this week, as I have gone on and rambled a little bit here and there. And then we'll get into some of our other segments of the little podcast here. And first up. If you're a, a new listener here, maybe for season eight, as we've skipped ahead, we like to do a little something called the Supernatural Travel Log, where we kind of run through the places they've uh, mentioned or actually gone to in an episode and really run down and see if they're legitimately a real place, maybe share a couple fun facts, that sort of thing. And then we do a few other things here, usually during the show, we'll have a a folklore mythology section where we kind of talk about some of the things. Nothing really new this week, I guess. I mean, we've talked about demons before. Haven't really talked about on the podcast about this whole idea of this prophet guy and these tablets. So maybe we should touch on those a little bit. We also would like to do a little thing called Supernatural and Pop Culture, where I try to pull out the little pop culture references that usually Dean makes. It's not always Dean, but typically is. Um, whether he's quoting a movie, talking about a movie star, a book, a TV show, whatever it might be. I really liked um, one of the episodes near the end of season seven where um, Felicia Day, Charlie, I think that's what she was going by at that point with her aliases, was going in there to hack the computer system, GeoThrive, whatever they were calling their company there. And uh, <laughs> Dean's out in the car and he's like, man, I can't believe we're sending Veronica Mars in there to do our job. And we're just sitting here in the van or whatever. So I thought it was pretty great. But those type of things, we usually touch on a few of those, whatever shows up in the episode. And, you know, again, I can miss these things. I can miss a location. I can miss a folklore mythology type reference. I could miss a pop culture reference. So if you want to send those in, feel free to. That would be awesome. And the other thing we like to do, I call it a little segment based on the first episode um, where Dean says the driver picks the music. And so I do try to um, pick out the music from each episode. And we've got a couple this week to mention. A little Jethro Tull, a little Sticks, and we'll talk about those here in a little bit. And then we'll share some feedback from you guys out there listening to the show. A lot of that feedback will come over from our Facebook page. And then we'd like to end our show with our Dean quote of the week, where I like to pull, you know, some bit of dialogue or maybe a, you know, twenty-second clip of people talking or whatever with Dean um, that I find funny or interesting or, or whatever it might be. 
Um, okay. Well, we're going to move on into our next segment of the show here where we talk about the Supernatural Travelogue. It's time for the Supernatural Travelogue. All right. Well, the season opens with Dean returning from Purgatory in the 100 Miles Wilderness in Maine. And this is, I guess, near the end of the Appalachian Trail. And it's actually considered the most remote and inaccessible section of the Appalachian Trail. And this is a narrow trail corridor roughly 1,000 feet wide, which passes through a working forest bordered on both sides by private landowners and state lands. So that's interesting. And then I went ahead and looked up, because uh, Dean did go from there down to Clayton, Louisiana, which is also a real place. And depending on what part of the 100-mile wilderness he might have been in, if he was in the southernmost tip of it, he would be making a 1,420-mile trek down to Clayton, Louisiana, which I think took, I think it did, I think it said it was a couple days later or something. I don't remember exactly. I'd pretty much take a full, solid 24 to 26 hours of driving, maybe more. I don't know, depending on roads and stuff. And there's not like a direct route. That's a long drive, one way or the other. <laughs> We make an 840-mile drive out to Texas. Takes us about 13 hours with stops for gas and things. And so I would think that would take them somewhere near the 24-hour mark, you know, driving straight on through. And it looks like there on the show he was hitchhiking, so that probably took a little extra time to um, to get down there to Clayton, Louisiana. They always pick the most random places on the show. This town is, is has 850 people, has a total... Area of 1.6 square miles, um, <laughs> and is known for growing cotton. And there's that's really about it. It's it's a very small little community on the eastern side of Louisiana. All right, well, we also see in this episode that Sam is out in Kermit, Texas. And I mean, honestly, when I hear Kermit, I don't think Texas. I think the Frog. And uh, <laughs> but he is there, and that is a real. Spot as well, and as of the 2010 census, there were 5,700-ish people there, and the town apparently was named after Kermit Roosevelt, who I honestly have never heard of before, but he was the father of Theodore Roosevelt, or Teddy Roosevelt, our president near the turn of the century, so that's pretty cool. And I, I say the turn of the century, I mean the last one, by the way. And this one is actually out pretty far west texas it's down right in the corner of the little straight edge there on the west side of texas it's actually right near that little 90 degree angle there um, not that it's a true 90 degree angle that's what it kind of looks like i mean apart from a famous namesake and a few random things of, about oil and things there's not much really happening there don't see it doesn't seem like in good old-fashioned kermit texas it is close to Odessa, Texas, which I know from the show Heroes. So, fun fact there. So, anyway, from Kermit, Texas, Sam makes the trek up to Whitefish, Montana. I think I might have said Wyoming earlier. It was Montana. And, uh, again, that's a real place. Another small area uh, with only around 6,500 people in the population there. The Great Northern Railway came through there in 1904. And it seems to be a stopping point for people headed up to the Big Mountain Ski Resort. 
But definitely, again, in the wilderness, which seems to be where the guys have gone since that Season 7. They basically went off the grid even more so than normal and start stopped using their old aliases, even put the old car away and the old Impala f- for most of that season. And that's another thing I forgot to mention in my recap. Sam, one of the things he did do in his one-year sabbatical, uh, he fixed up the old car again after they wrecked it, you know, saving the world. <laughs> But anyway, as we go from uh, Kermit, Texas to Whitefish, Montana, we're kind of tracking these treks around the country. That's another really long drive. And we've got one more to mention. Like, this is a huge amount of space that Sam has had to cover. This is basically the neighborhood of 1,630, depending on those three different routes given, between 1,610 and 1,666 miles. And they're estimating here on Google Maps between 27 and 28 hours um, travel time here, which is a long, long time. For Dean to go from Clayton, Louisiana up to Whitefish, Montana, again, three routes. We got I-70, I-90, and I-29, and I-90 West. 35 to 36 hours and between 2,190 miles and 2,144 miles. So, like, we're looking at Dean traveling somewhere in the neighborhood of... About 3,600 miles here between arriving back from Purgatory and making it to the little cabin out in Montana. It would have been much easier to meet up with Sam in Kermit, Texas. Just saying. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then we do actually have a few other spots here to mention as as we move forward in the episode. Obviously, we talk about uh, the fact they make a trip from Whitefish, Montana over to Centerville, Michigan. Again, Centerville, Michigan, the real place. I don't know that it's the one featured in the... Uh, I think I'm pretty... I may be, Honestly, I may be wrong at this point. But I'm pretty sure they said Centerville, Michigan. And I double-checked that. said there is a Centerville, Michigan. Then I also double-checked there is a Centerville, Minnesota. Um, but I'm pretty sure they said Centerville, Michigan. Uh, Centerville, Michigan only has a population of around 1,500 people. I don't see that they would have a, a large university there. Um... <laughs> for which the young lady to attend. But there is the hometown of Vern Troyer, better known as Mini-Me. So, I don't know. That's interesting. And then uh, we also have, again here, if we go from, (laughs) this is crazy, Whitefish, Montana to Centerville, Michigan, is another 1,730 up to 1,938 miles, depending on which way you go. And that's between 29 and 34 more hours of driving. Crazy, crazy stuff there. And now we've gone all the way over to Michigan. And then we go from there down to Fairfield, Iowa. Fairfield, Iowa has a population of yeah, about 9,400 people. It was featured on episode of Oprah's Next Chapter. And it's been nicknamed Silicon Valley for some of the entrepreneurship that's going on there. And then to go from Centerville, Michigan to Fairfield, Iowa is another 393.6 miles and another seven and a half hours, or seven hours and six minutes of driving. Um, and I, don't, I haven't kept totals of all these numbers together, but my goodness, these boys get around fast in their little Impala. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that's enough travel log talk about all these random small towns who happen to be real, but there's really not much there to talk about. And we'll get into our next segment of the podcast, Supernaturals, Folklore, and Mythology for this week. 
This Week in Folklore and Mythology. All right, well, we do have um, a couple things I kind of touch on here. The uh, ideas that they have put forth of the prophet, which really is a season seven topic, and then we have the, the tablet, which is, uh, originally was a season seven topic. And granted, this is a different tablet. Originally, the tablet that was dug up by Dick Roman was one about the Leviathan, and now this is a tablet about the demons that Crowley had recovered from somewhere. Either way, and I'm assuming there's more than just these two, supposedly in this world of supernatural, God has sent down his word via tablets, which isn't unheard of. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the story of Moses. He went up on the mountain, and God gave him the Ten Commandments, wrote them himself on the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets. And so the idea itself isn't necessarily a foreign one. It's just different from what we would find there in the Bible. Um, here, the the tablets, I guess, are hidden. It's a secret. Um, there's something out there that's called Gnostic Gospels. Maybe you've heard of those. And basically there's this idea that there's this secret truth out there, this hidden meaning, this hidden thing that you have to be in on and in the club to be a part of. And that's, I don't know, I just don't think that's the case personally, but but here, this would be like the ultimate Gnostic messages, I guess. The secret, secret, super secret God had written on a tablet and hidden away for only his prophet to come in and interpret and read for the, the people if ever they were discovered. Um, which was kind of an interesting part of, of last season where Sam and Dean took, or they really stole the tablet that was encased in like rock, and they unearthed it, they broke it free, and then lightning came and struck this young high school kid, Kevin Tran, and made him into the prophet to to be with a tablet and to interpret it and stuff. And apparently he, it gets good for all the tablets, not just the one he was called for. And so thanks to Kevin, they were able to um, defeat the Leviathan. And now it looks like, unless Crowley can you know, maybe take Kevin out of the picture, they'll be able to defeat Crowley, the demons, and lock the gates of hell up forever. And that's the new idea for Season 8. And uh, it's pretty cool, I guess. All right, we're going to move on into our next little topic for this week, I guess. I think that's a good place to stop. Supernatural and pop culture. All right, well, it's time for our pop culture segment where we take a look at supernatural and pop culture. This week... There were, were two things, and I, honestly, could have been a couple other things that I, I maybe have missed. One of those things was Dean says something about in the year he's gone, Sarah, Shasha Gray had gone legit. So I, I kind of realized, okay, that's going to be some sort of a reference there. So let's, I don't know who that was. I never heard of Sasha Gray. And apparently, Sasha Gray is an adult film star who, in their last year or so, decided to retire from that line of work, if you will. And has gone into more legitimate forms of entertainment. She was in six episodes of Entourage, for example. And she was in Steven Soderbergh's The Girlfriend Experiment. So Sam does mention Soderbergh, that she was in a Soderbergh film. And that particular movie was set in the days leading up to the 2008 presidential election. And it was basically about a high-end Manhattan call girl meeting up with her boyfriend and clients and work and stuff like that. And so, anyway, we'll move on from Sasha Gray and go back into um, Soderbergh. Maybe you're familiar with Steven Soderbergh, maybe not. He is the other part of that reference. And um, Soderbergh 
is a producer, screenwriter, director, editor, and he is an Academy Award winner. He won that for the movie Traffic, but he's also well-known for movies like Out of Sight, Aaron Brockovich, Ocean's Eleven Remake, earlier work included stuff like Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And here, not too long ago, he had Contagion and Magic Mike. So he's he's definitely a busy fellow. And notably for me, he is born in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Maybe you're probably familiar with him. And if you're not familiar with him, you're probably familiar with his works. And so we're going to call that our Supernatural and Pop Culture segment for this week. Uh, again, I could have missed some things. Those are the only things I caught. And so we'll go on from there. Driver picks the music. Basically, the opening of the of the show, like the the here's what happened before, like you know, then and now, or kind of thing. We have Locomotive Breath by Jeff Tull. and uh, Jeff Tull, I don't know if we mentioned them on the show before. They are an English rock band, you know, from the '70s mostly. Um, and this was from their album from 1971 called Aqualung. And apparently it's still, you know, one of those classic rock radio songs that stick around until today. And it's been covered by several, several different people over the years, including Styx, who we'll talk about here in just a few minutes, which is kind of funny. But the uh, apparently the term locomotive breath actually refers to the steam from a steam locomotive's pistons. You know, you have the steam engine, you have the steam coming up from the top of it. So that's kind of interesting. Surprisingly enough, though, um, as far as Jethro Tull goes, they're actually still around now. And, and just according to you know some stuff, I'm honestly not a big fan. I don't really know much about them. I've heard of them. I know my brother likes them a lot. Over the past like 40 years or so, they have sold over 60 million albums, and they're still active now, um, which is pretty crazy that they're still out and about. But apparently, Aqualung, this song that you know the album this song's featured on was probably their best-known work. We'll move on from Jethro Tull to another band I know a little more about, just from listening to them more as a as a young man. I've seen them in concert. I saw Sticks in concert back, uh, I guess, 12 years ago, and it wasn't the full lineup. It was a different lead singer, I'm pretty sure, though, when I saw them. It was one of those deals. And I, we'll get into that in a minute. But the song that featured from Sticks this year was when, uh, when Dean was traveling along and his way down... Uh, making his way in the world today takes everything he got. But when he was doing that, they were playing Man in the Wilderness, which uh, he came up in the wilderness, 100-mile wilderness, so that worked out pretty well. And that was featured on the Grand Illusion album that was released on July 7th, 1977. So 35 years ago, um, just a little while back. And also featured one of those more popular songs, probably uh, from Sticks still today, Come Sail Away. Come sail away with me. <laughs> and that was back in the day with Dennis DeYoung, who is no longer with the band. All right, well, I guess Sticks and Jethro Tull will have to do this week for our Driver Picks the Music section. We're going to move over into our Supernatural Cast feedback. Supernatural Cast feedback. And as I mentioned earlier, most of this feedback is coming from over on our Facebook page. If you haven't found us there yet, just go over to your Facebook page. I mean, I think I read somewhere the other day, 
of all the total users of the internet, I forget the number. I really don't remember. But it was like only 20 million people who use the internet who don't have a Facebook account. Something like that. But anyway, so probably chances are you have a Facebook account. If you do, you listen to the show. Go over to Facebook.com and just search for Supernatural Cast and you'll find us there. And we'd love for you to join in on our conversation and love to hear what you'd have to share about Supernatural as we start to cover Season 8 here. Well, some recent posts here on the Facebook page. September 30th, Courtney posted, listening to the new podcast, can't wait for the new season to start. Um, and then also she posted on the 3rd of October, how did everyone like the season premiere? Uh, and there's a few comments there, basically, between her and I. At that point, I had not watched the premiere. Uh, I was still trying to get caught up on those last few episodes of Season 7. Cool, I'd love to hear what you think about Season 7. It seemed a bit disjointed for me. And then after I finished it up on the 6th, I said, I marathoned through it over the past few days and enjoyed the season quite a bit, but it did seem that the boys spent a lot of time on less important matters with the threat of the Leviathans looming over the entire season. I'm not sure the exact number, but it seems the Leviathans were only really focused on in maybe a third of the episodes. I like the premiere of Season 8. I like the flashbacks and the gaps in knowledge we are left with and some questions about what happened in that year we missed out on. And then Courtney says, I think I like where season eight is going. Yeah, the Leviathan arc was just strange. Also, over on Facebook on Monday this week, Myra in Memphis says, I'm still here listening to the Scarecrow episode today. And then had a few comments on some things I posted here and there. When I posted the last episode on September 29th, Mary says, awesome. Can't wait. Smiley face. And then in addition to that... I made a post about how Supernatural was just a few hours away from the new season, and then we had a few things mentioned through there. Um, Courtney says, maybe the group can have a little discussion tonight during the show. Deshaun says, boo. Courtney said, why are you even in here? Deshaun, go away. And then I asked, boo to the new season, boo to the discussion. And Courtney says, Jimmy, my goofy friend, no mind, she's a strange bird. Mary says, I got a long way to catch up to season eight. Currently on the beginning of season two, it's going to be awesome. And I did say it's a fun ride. And then Christina chimed in and said, I'm ready to watch it. I love this show. Uh, one more post here. Another one from Courtney. I, I did a post of my brief recap of episode 801. Sent a link over to that from the Facebook page. Um, Courtney says, like where season eight is going, I think that Dean is going to feel that he is closer to Benny than he is to Sam, which is going to give me that Ruby vibe back in season four. I didn't mind that. Um, I like that this season has an actual objective that we can follow. I love all seasons of Supernatural, but I can say that Seven would rank... Based on her previous comment, based on what she's just there, I'm assuming she's saying that Seven would not rank high for her. Okay, well, those are our comments from Facebook. I know we've had a few interactions over on our Twitter page. You know, people saying thank you for Follow Friday or something to that effect. And you can find us there on Twitter, as we like to mention each week, at Supernatra. Supernatural without the L cast. Email us at mail at supernaturalcast.com. And you can also call into our little show here. We'd love to hear your voicemails. That would be amazing. Um, you can do that. And our number there is 20374 Super. That's 203-747-8737. And you actually can call or text to that number. I know we've already mentioned it. we're on Facebook. You can also search for us over in Google Plus. You can find us on iTunes and subscribe there. You know, leave us a handy dandy little star rating or, you know, leave us a review. That would be amazing as well. And I guess that's going to wrap up this particular episode. Um, if you do want to just stick around for just a moment, we do have our Dean quote of the week. Um, and we're going to wrap it up after that. And so 
We'd love to hear your thoughts and theories, comments, questions, whatever it may be. And hopefully I can actually get this episode posted out before uh, Thursday night. We'll have to wait and see because I know I'm kind of slow at editing and posting stuff. So hopefully we'll get this done before that uh, episode two airs. And then we'd love to hear your comments about that episode. That'd be wonderful. And so we're going to be back soon, hopefully next few days with another episode of the supernatural cast. And uh, again, I am Jimmy in Georgia. Peace. It's time for the Dean quote of the week. I knew I smelled dog and I knew you'd throw it. Hey, the rules are simple, Sam. You don't take a joint from a guy named Don, and there's no dogs in the car.